Welcome to Annersbrook Church. We hope this message empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at annersbrook.co.nz for a service near you. Uh, great to be in church together and um, just echo the things Jared mentioned and said that absolutely um, just nothing can limit God. But we'll do our, our civic, you know, take our civic responsibilities seriously, um, but we will not stop lifting up the name of Jesus together. And so any way we can, that is, that's very cool. Well, um, today we're in for a treat. Just before we get into the Word, uh, I want to mention a couple of things. Next Saturday, uh, we had over 300, well over 300 people booked and registered for Kickstart. Well, <laughs> Kickstart is not kickstarting on Saturday night now. Uh, given the seven-day window, it, it basically meant our Saturday um, gathering for Kickstart is not able to happen. So what we wanted to let you know is that we're going to be making um, some decisions once we hear the update. I would imagine Monday, Tuesday maybe, but we will let everybody know. And one of the options we're looking at is if the levels de-escalate by that time, we're looking at the option, two options. One is postponing the date and pushing it or doing it all day Sunday because we had food and gathering and presuming there's no COVID, um, and the, and it's right and safe, we're probably, those are the two options. So we can't tell you exactly what that is yet until we know, but we do know for sure. G'day, Phil. How are you, mate? Good to see you. Um, it, we, but, I'm, but I'm letting you know the Saturday night will not be happening, and that also goes for our New to Church party. If you signed up for New to Church, then we are not having that today. We will do it another day. Okay, so um, please uh, stay posted. Our team will let you know what's going to happen with that. All right, everyone good with that? We'd normally have a chat time and a pause time, but you're not allowed to interact, so... Um... It's all right, eh? You can just talk with me. How was your week? Good. Okay, so... <laughs> I don't know about these pause things. What do people talk about? Like, what are you talking... I'm, I'm normally talking about like meeting someone or saying hi, but um, also what's about to happen in the service. So I'll just tell you what's going to happen, eh? We're going to come around the Word of God and we're going to, um, we're going to, I just want to tell you a quick story that last week I shared on a message called Apply the Cross. It's online if you didn't hear it. Um, because um, the, the Bible says in Exodus that God brought the children of Israel out and I said last week that every time Moses came up against a real significant battle, then um, every time there was a cross moment, um, wood, sticks, um, striking rocks, lifting hands like in, in the similar way that Jesus' hands were nailed to the cross. And these were um, the, the secrets to the future that Moses probably didn't even realize that the Savior, the Messiah, would be crucified for us to give us um, power, to give us victory, and to give us answers. And in the same, listen to this, in the same way that Moses was unaware of that, a lot of believers today are unaware of that. It's sort of like it's sort of like gone like a bell curve, you know. Pre pre Jesus, Moses, through the you know getting established in a, in Canaan, through everything that happened, Jesus, and then you know I I feel like we're kind of like at risk. And one of the reasons I said we're at risk is because Jesus died. When Jesus died, he died to forgive us and to heal us. And I said this last week, and I've been meditating on it, that I think the church is guilty of only having 50% of the gospel. 
because we, we are relatively okay with the forgiveness of sins, or even then, maybe not. Maybe you don't know that you're fully forgiven today, forever forgiven today. You, you, there is a forgiveness that has been given through the work of Jesus. But I know for, for a fact that you go through some stuff and you face some stuff and you start negotiating with your faith. Well, you know, it says in the Bible that Jesus heals, but I don't know what happened to my mum, you know? And so, or whoever it was or whatever happened. And so you start this sort of this Russian roulette, this negotiation with the word of God saying, well, maybe people do it. Maybe that was for the disciples. Maybe that was, a, a, there's entire movements that have been built that have developed theology because they can't reconcile what happens with what to believe. And I'm medit- I was meditating on that during the week and a couple of weird things happened. The first one was, I fear for my children and their children particularly if we in the church start giving away percentages of that truth. I fear for them because, because we were raised on the word and we were raised on the truth. I never really second-guessed that God could heal. The only thing that when I didn't see it happen one time that I started to think through was, how does this work? But if I go silent on the 100% of the truth of the gospel that is mine, then the generations to come, they won't start at, uh, at 50, 50, 100 and will negotiate. They'll start at 50% and they'll be negotiating down to 30 or 20 and they're left with, well, what the heck does it matter anyway? So we've got to really contend. I don't know if that made sense just then. But we've got to contend for faith and we've got to keep going in faith. Because it's not, we're not being led by what we see, by what we don't see. So anyway, during the week, I wrote message two of Apply the Cross. And it's a great message, and I can't wait to share it with you. I then wrote another one, because I was thinking, man, that, this is the, the cross is so incredible. And then I got to, I'd have to check my text messages, but I'd say Thursday, or maybe it was Friday, and I heard a whisper in my spirit. And the whisper in my spirit was that I needed to get someone else to share with you today about this faith, about this reality. Um, A true story, an unfolding story, a real story. And many of you will know this person. He actually shared it uh, with our city location. But what we weren't planning to share it here now. But I felt in my spirit so strongly, so strongly that I stopped prepping. What a wonderful moment that was. <laughs> so anyway, um, I've got some good messages for the future. But I, um, many of you will know Paul and Karen Johnston. Many of you will know them and their family. Their son and daughter-in-law lead our um, city location. Been part of Annisbrook for, for many, many years. He will tell some of the story shortly. But um, incredible um, man and woman of God, people of God but who have actually had to face some of these things I'm talking about. And actually, when you talk with them, and when I've talked with them, and I got, these guys are heading up our prayer ministry team in the city now. And after I was done preaching two Sundays ago in there, I asked Paul to lay his hands on me and pray for me. Um, because I just, I just needed, I just felt like I just need more of God. You know, I, we open up the ministry time, and with these things, people, they're funny, you know, people come and people go, and some people don't go there. I was just like, I, I want prayer. I mean, who wouldn't want prayer? And it's amazing, you know, when they, when they pray for you, something happens. And uh, so I am very, very excited about this opportunity of him sharing today. So he's got about a 20-minute or so message. And then at the end of that, we're going to pray, okay? And we're going to pray for people. I want you to hear this message. I want you to open your heart big and wide. 
I want you just to get expectant. Something is going to shift in you right today. Something is going to go next level on being able to understand some of these things. Some seeds are going to be planted in your heart. Uh, Just get ready. It's going to be amazing. So everybody, I want you to put your hands together and welcome Paul Johnson as he comes to share the message today with us. Come on, let's really put our hands together. Yeah, so I got this uh, text on Friday morning. Paul, would you come and share with uh, with Saxton? And um, actually, I was quite thrilled. I, I've been I've been wanting to share with you guys for a long time because so many of you prayed for us, and it made an incredible journey. In our journey, it was a very difficult journey, but um, goodness, the, the well, the goodness and the sustaining power of God in that was um, absolutely incredible. And um, some of you got no idea what I'm talking about either, so I'm going to tell you our story. Yeah, so our story, 17 months ago, we were in Russia and we were traveling from Moscow to St. Petersburg on the inland waterways there. And we just come from Armenia where Karen and I had been godparents uh, at the wedding of a close friend there. And since a teenager, it's been a dream of Karen's to visit Russia. So here we were on this boat, traveling through this incredibly beautiful and historically rich country. And it was towards the end of the cruise, it was about seven hours out of St. Petersburg, I fell and I broke my femur. And what's kind of weird about this is that it wasn't an accident in the sense that, I don't like admitting this, but my fall was deliberate. It was part of the role I was playing in a skit aboard the ship, which required me to fall and I did. And some of you know that the femur is one of the strongest bones in the body. It's this big leg bone here. Well, I fell, and I broke mine in a controlled fall. I broke it rather badly. But if that wasn't bizarre enough, the events that followed, goodness, um, my sister-in-law, Jenny, uh, Karen's sister, she was doing a writing assignment. She wanted to write up our story, and uh, the tutor rejected it and said, no, it sounds too much like fiction. No one's going to believe it. Well, I can tell you there's nothing fictional about it. Oh, goodness me, I, I suffered. I was a lot of pain. Um, yeah, just uh, being transferred from the, the ship into the stretcher to the ambulance, the hospital procedures, just in, things like x-rays, just any movement. It was excruciatingly painful. Um, it, was, it was not an easy time. But I experienced, I experienced the, the presence of God in a way that I, I never have before, and it was his love. And it wasn't so much love as a feeling, it was a, it was a tangible presence of love wrapped around me, carrying me through. The um, amazing thing about it, too, was that I had no fear. I had no anxiety. I was certainly aware of the situation, the severity of it with my injury and, and just where we were. But no fear, no anxiety, just a, a solid sense of peace and knowing that we would come through this okay. I had a lot of time to reflect. And those, those three words, 1 John 4, 8, they really captured my heart. God is love. God is love. You know, we know God expresses his love towards us, doesn't he? But his very nature, his very essence, his very character, his very being is love. I had such a sense of it 
I tried to express it, express it in words. And I, in my journal, I wrote, it's up on the screen there. God is love. He exists only as love. He is the very essence of the purest, brightest expression of a lovingly tangible, relatable force that not only deeply desires to wrap every living spirit and soul in himself, but that without him all would cease to exist. And you know, that, that was the sense I had. And if I was to paraphrase John 3.16, it would be this, that God loved the world so much that love became a person. God is love. His gift is love. His gift is Jesus. Amen. So after I had the surgery in Russia, and uh, they transferred me to another hospital to hospital to uh, to recuperate to recover. But about a couple of days later, um, I went downhill really really quickly, and so they thought I was hemorrhaging. They transferred me to. Uh, to, to the ICU in another hospital uh, so I could recover there. Um, and it was all very sudden, and Karen couldn't come at the time. And she had the name of the hospital where I was, but when she contacted the insurance company, they said that no such place existed. And then she lost contact with the insurance company completely. And what had happened was, you're not going to believe this, but Russian hackers, thought to be mafia, right, they had... Uh, had hacked my hospital records and cut us off from the insurance company and this was all in a bid to extort money from us. Well, here was Karen, lost and alone in Russia. She didn't know where I was and so she phones home. She calls the children and says, look, you need to get in touch with the New Zealand Embassy in Moscow, see what they can do for us. And I have to say that the Kiwi ambassador there, he was a godsend. My goodness me, he was God's man in the moment. Um, he, he, well, first of all, he contacted Karen and he told her of delightful conversations that he had had with Shannon and Danielle and Carl, our other son-in-law. He, he got the insurance company back on track and he organised a medical flight for us from uh, St. Petersburg to Frankfurt, Germany. Uh, we had a 72-hour visa extension and that was due to expire. And yeah, we needed to get out of Russia uh, before it did because that would have made things more difficult for us. And he told Karen he knew exactly where I was and that we would be reunited by lunchtime, and we were. So that was a glorious moment. And look, thanks to your prayers and uh, the prayers of many, I made a rapid recovery at that point. It was quite miraculous. Um, it was, yeah, it was, it was an intense moment. Um, yeah, I won't go into the detail of that, but it was, and it was through the power of your prayers that I recovered incredibly quickly. I was well enough for that flight to Frankfurt, and we couldn't take all our belongings, and so Karen, she quickly stuffed a backpack with all the essentials, hopped into the ambulance, drove to the airport, and there awaiting us was Karen, actually. <laughs> actually, keep that picture up. Yeah, I missed that bit of the story. Um, Yeah, actually it's an important part of the story because it's part of the journey was in Russia, um, they picked up, they did blood tests on me and they picked up I had leukemia. Can you believe that? Leukemia. And um, yeah, I'm smiling about it now. <laughs> but uh, 
also, later on in Germany, they picked up that I uh, had a superbug, a bacteria that was uh, totally resistant to all antibiotics. And so I was a risk in the hospital system. I was a risk into my, to myself. I mean, if I got that into my wounds, it would have been a major, major thing. But the other side of it was uh, I had to be kept in isolation, pre-COVID, of course, but I did get a room to myself and, of course, a, a very lovely nurse aide, my Karen, <laughs> complete with things. Yeah. But um, I understand there's a, also a picture of an aeroplane and an ambulance there. Look at that. Look at that Learjet. That was my air ambulance. Uh, always wanted to fly in a private jet. I thought they were for the rich and the famous, but mm, just got to break a leg. <laughs> and they put this on. So that was, that was special. So we got to, got to Frankfurt, got to Germany, into the hospital there, and they x-rayed my leg. And they said that it wasn't aligned correctly. Uh, it would never heal, I'd never walk on it, and the surgery would have to be redone. Oh, man, I cried. <laughs> I was so upset. You know, I was starting to feel better at this stage and uh, entertaining thoughts of coming back home again. And Yeah, just the thought of going through that, it was quite a blow. But what really struck me in that moment was that, you know, life does take unexpected turns at times, doesn't it? You know, things just happen out of the blue. We experience that ourselves. We know people that have experienced that. But what struck me about that is that Jesus knows. It's not a surprise to him. He's not throwing up his hands and saying, oh, goodness, I didn't see that coming. He knows. And the other thing is that he allows it. And that, that creates a tension, doesn't it? Because if he allows it, well, that means that he could have prevented it. Well, sometimes he doesn't. And he didn't for me. And I'm okay with that. And I wrote this in my journal. So this is the sense that I had in that moment. And it's, it's really um, held true for me. It says that if we truly trust him with our lives, when our world crumples around us, he becomes our world in a way like no other if we allow him. I guess God takes a risk when he allows us to fall off a cliff. Which way will our hearts turn? Huh? Yeah. Yeah, I did a lot of journaling. Um, as I say, I had a lot of time to myself. But um, yeah, some, just some really profound moments with God through that. And uh, again, just your prayers, they just made all the difference. And just you know, the way God spoke to us and, and dealt through us through it all. I had, a, had the second surgery and I was really weak. I'd lost a lot of blood from both surgeries, obviously. And my iron levels were really low, or hemoglobin for the medically illiterate here. Um, they, they tried to get me onto physio, and you know those frames you see, you know, people like that. I could only take a couple of steps in that, and I'd collapse back on the bed. I was just so weak, as white as sheet. And in fact, I couldn't even collapse just to get off the bed. They sort of have to ease me around and oh, get my leg on the floor. It was, it was really, really hard. And it was about that time that Shannon had arrived in Germany, and Goodness me, I just thank you so much for the way that, Gray, the way that you guys' leadership released him so freely to come to us. He was such a blessing to his mum and I. Um, yeah, so much so that um, he and his mum did a bit of sightseeing in Frankfurt. <laughs> they even had their, their sights set on, on Switzerland, which is it's only about a few hundred kilometres south, you know. <laughs> Here's me languishing in my hospital bed. <laughs> But they did it. They were so good to me. In fact, Shannon, he'd bring me beef burgers as my appetite started to return because, like I said, 
My iron levels are really low, and we figured that the red meat you know, is good iron. It's going to get, uh, get my energy back up again. Um, I don't know if it worked, but that was an issue because in order to be able to fly commercially, because we obviously wanted to come home again, your iron levels have to be above a certain level, and obviously when you buy your tickets, they don't worry about that, but yeah, when you're sick, it's a big concern to them. But the hospital, they gave me a blood transfusion, they gave me an iron infusion, then 11 days it was, after that second surgery, they considered me well enough to come home. But here's the thing, I could barely walk, I was still weak, even with crutches, I was really finding it hard to walk. My leg was swollen, stiff, it wouldn't bend, it stuck out straight like that. So obviously coach was out of the question, and even business class, well, business class, that was too cramped. And so... Here I am. <laughs> this is Emirates first class, people. <laughs> that seat, it folds out to a full length bed. You can adjust it under your knees and your back and all that. I'm, I'm a fairly tall guy. It was a big bed for me. And I have my little mini bar there and a flat screen TV and chocolates. It was pretty special. <laughs> and I had, had a nurse, Marion. She flew with me all the way, first class, from Frankfurt to Dubai to Sydney to Christchurch. And then from Christchurch to Nelson, it was an ambulance. And I was thinking, what's with that? Where's my Learjet? You know, (laughs) I'm used to this luxurious travel, VIP lounges, non-existent security, and they put me in an ambulance. But the fact is, I could never board an Air New Zealand plane. I couldn't walk up the steps. I couldn't sit in the seat. So we went by ambulance, and it was cool. But Mary and my nurse, she came with me, and she signed me over to the hospital here in Nelson, Spent the night in Nelson, hot back on the plane the next morning, back to Germany. It was her job. She loved it. Didn't know such jobs existed, but uh, yeah, she, she was really cool. You're probably wondering who paid for all of this. Well, to get a visa into Russia, it's, it's not that straightforward, but it helps if you have a good comprehensive insurance policy, travel insurance. And so Karen and I, we sprung for that. It was expensive, but goodness, it, it was worth every cent. I tell you, the surgery alone in Germany, 150,000 euros. So, yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't have wanted to put the final bill for all of that. It would have been expensive. So we're back home, and my leg, it's this one, works, it's recovering well. But the cancer that had been in the background up until now, it was starting to rear its ugly self, and so... April 2020, I was facing chemotherapy. I did not want to go through chemotherapy uh, for the cancer. It wasn't a cure. It could only bring about remission. And Graham has wonderfully expressed already this morning that Jesus is our healer. Jesus is the cure. So what do I do? What do I do? And I could feel the pull of faith on my soul. It was a sense of it was like the stage, just wanting to just leap off, sort of cast myself into the wind, throw myself into God, just let go and let God. Um, but I couldn't. Uh, my heart, it just, I don't know, you know how it is with faith sometimes, when you're facing a difficult situation, you, you know God's calling you into faith, but there's just sometimes you can't take hold of it. And yeah, I was in that place, and I think it was fear that undermined me. Um, I mean, it's a big giant to face, cancer, obviously. And, you know, I would say to anyone, you know, that was struggling in that way, struggling with faith, um, you know, get treatment, 
uh, we're in a journey. We're growing. Just let God keep fathering you. Stay in the race, you know, but determined to grow in your faith. And that's what I did. Uh, I was determined to grow in my faith. I am determined to grow in my faith. Um, what I did, well, I, I've done this for a number of years, but um, you know, really this time I, I pressed into just reading about the lives and the testimonies of men and women, both past and present, of great faith. And, and, and the Gospels, the book of Acts, uh, just the faith of the early church, a New Testament on a loop, so to speak. And, you know, all these things are so inspiring. Goodness, you, you read about the testimonies, you read about what God is doing, what God desires to do in people's lives. You, you read about the, the fullness of, 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 the, of this gospel that is for body, soul, and spirit, that, 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 that God, he is life, and he is life to all of us. He is life to our whole being. And so, yeah, just so deeply inspiring. Um, and, and all of this, we, we access it through faith. We access it through faith. There's no other way. Faith is the access into the things of God. Faith is the currency of heaven, so to speak. You know, forget about Bitcoin. I'm an investor. I'm telling you, I'm giving you a good tip. If you want to invest, invest in something good and solid, invest in faith. Invest in faith. Invest in faith. Um, I learned something, actually, in, in, in the seeking, and... Uh, yeah, it's powerful. It, it, is, it has helped me immensely. Um, I'm going to share it with you this morning, of course, because I believe it really will help you. It, it just demystifies faith. It totally did for me. And that faith, okay, faith, faith in Scripture, it means divine persuasion. Okay, and the Greek word for faith is pistis. Now, why is the Greek important? Well, in order to have faith, in order to Walk in faith, in order to be in faith, we have to believe, right? Yeah? So believe means fully persuaded. And the Greek word for believe is pistuo. So we have faith, pistis, believe, pistuo. Do you hear the similarity there? They're the same root, they're the same word. They're very, very closely connected. So, cool, that's up there. Um, I encourage you to take that down because here's the application. When you read faith in Scripture, read divine persuasion. And when you read believe in Scripture, read fully persuaded. For instance, Hebrews 11.1, 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now divine persuasion is the substance of things hoped for. Divine persuasion is the evidence of things not seen. Right? Uh, Romans 10.17, So then faith, divine persuasion comes... How? By hearing, by hearing the word of God. We are divinely persuaded by hearing the word of God. This is faith for us, and it's only as good as our ability to hear him. Okay? So to grow in faith, to have faith that will move mountains, faith to face the giants, and not only face them, but to overcome, is to grow in intimacy. It is to grow in relationship with the divine persuader himself. Amen. Isn't that simple? Isn't that simple? And yeah, one thing I discovered is that those with great faith, they do. They walk very, very closely with God. Mark eleven twenty four. it tells us that when we believe or when we are fully persuaded, anything is possible. Not just some things, anything. And Graham, of course, alluded to that earlier. Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe 
be fully persuaded that you receive them and you will have them. And that was the dilemma I faced. I could sense the divine persuader pulling at my heart, but I struggled. I battled to take hold of it. Isn't it funny? You know, we can have faith for others, but sometimes struggle in having faith for ourselves, huh? Yeah. But look, again, we need to become fully persuaded. Because as Graham said, that it is not right that we carry sickness and diseases in our bodies. It is an offense to the cross. You, us, we are sons and daughters of the Most High God, okay? His word tells us that he took our infirmities, he bore our sicknesses, and by his stripes, by this terrible suffering that he bore in his body, we are healed. We are healed. We can take hold of that. Karen and I, we've really taken this to heart. I mean, you know, it's part of our, our healing journey, obviously, but we're starting to see significant breakthrough, healing breakthroughs, uh, particularly in areas of pain, um, joint pain, muscle, headaches, that sort of thing. And the reason I tell you this is that two things have shifted for us in our understanding. And the first one we've talked about is faith, believing, being fully persuaded that the word of God is true, the word of God is true for us, and that we can act on it. And the second thing is recognizing who we are in Christ, who we are in Christ, and the authority that we carry. Jesus, he has all authority. The devil has none, okay? The devil is a thief. He's called a thief because he has no authority. You think about your bank account. You have the authority to operate your bank account. You can put money in. You can take money out. A thief can't. He might have the power and the ability to rob the bank, but that's the only way he's going to get it. And so the devil, he has power and ability. We know that. It's very evident. But we have authority. We have authority because Jesus says in Luke 10, 19, I give you authority over all the enemy's power. Therefore, we do have the authority to command sickness and disease off bodies. And it helps to see it for the offense that it is, you know, to get mad at it. Because if we don't have to tolerate it, you know, Jesus said that, uh, the rest of John 10.10 10 there about the, the thief coming to steal, kill, and destroy. He says that I have come and that you may have life. You may have an abounding, abundant, overflowing life. Life in all its fullness. Life of the spirit, life of the body, life of the soul. Amen. That is our Jesus. That is what he has done for us. So I'll close with this. Um, you know, I just want to say that today, I stand here as a testimony of the love and the sustaining and the healing power of Jesus Christ. Yeah. I was saying, <laughs> I asked my well, I asked this question of myself sometimes, has it been worth it? And absolutely, absolutely. I guess I wouldn't change any of it because it has just done so much for me. But I guess, you know, if I was asked, would I choose to go through it again? No. <laughs> no. I choose a much less painful and a much less eventful journey uh, for myself and for Karen, for the family and others, because we know when one suffers, everyone suffers, don't they? And, and it can be hard watching on, sometimes feeling helpless. And yeah, it's hard putting them through that. But I just want to say, you know, how much my, my love for Jesus has deepened. You know, I just adore him. His love is so compelling. He's he my love. He's my life. He's so good. Um, yeah, I think I'll, I'll finish with that and uh, hand back to you, Graham. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. I've just asked um, 
Paul, if you'll just stay for a moment. And Karen, would you just come up as well? Um, that was amazing. The, like, seriously, if, like, there's two things. One is the story and the testimony, but the other is the teaching. And uh, I, I just had a convo with Paul in the, oh, it would have been October, November last year. I don't know if you guys remember it. We were chatting at um, the city location. And that whole thing over the, that sickness is in God illegal. It's actually, it's actually taken territory that it should not. And to get, to have the permission to get mad at it because you see it as an entity that is not right. Totally changed my perspective. Because many times we feel powerless as to do anything. But you're not, we're not. God's given us power. So I really pray that out of some of what's gone on today, we'll, it'll, this, this message will go up on our podcast so you can listen to it. You must grow, and I must, we must grow in faith. Yes. We must grow in our persuasion. So I'm, I've asked Paul and Karen if they would, because what we'd traditionally do is, I reckon it'd be amazing to pray for some people, but I'd actually like to pray uh, for two things, and I'm going to ask you, Karen, to pray um, for people today who need a divine touch from the healer. He's here with us. And you might just pray. We would normally lay hands, but COVID tells us we can't, but nothing can stop the Lord. Nothing, nothing. And then what I'm going to do is once Karen has finished praying for that, I'm going to ask Paul to pray for our faith. You haven't seen anything yet, Annisbrook. You've seen nothing yet. We have not seen anything. There's an apostolic call on our church. We've had... um, wins and losses, steps forward, steps back. Nothing's going to stop what God wants to do with us. And we need everyone. We don't just need some pastors with some great faith or some people like this with great faith. Each one of us, as, as Rodney said to me this morning as we walked in, we've got to remember it's impossible to please God without this. He loves it when you believe Him and trust Him. So shall we do that? Karen, you're going to pray first. Um, I, I imagine, you know, just where you're seated, if you just stay open, relax, let the Holy Spirit come and do what He wants to do in your body, in your life right now. might be physical, might be emotional, might even be spiritual. As Karen is praying, as His words are being prayed, I want you to focus on those words. Focus in, focus in, focus in, and just focus that the love of God is behind all of this, moving. And as she's praying, the very power, the very presence. Think of something right now that you really want God to take care of, okay? Let your faith start getting built right now. And uh, let, as Karen prays, let that faith come and then Paul's going to pray after that. Lord God, I thank you and I praise you for your presence. I thank you that you are the same yesterday, today and forever. And because of that, the things that we read of in your word and the things that we've heard about today, we know they are available for us today. And so, Lord, I'm conscious that there will be people here today who are suffering sickness. Lord God, I ask, I ask for your presence. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, come, I pray right now. If you're experiencing any pain at the moment, and it's appropriate, place your hand on that place and just join your faith with us as I pray. Lord God, right now I speak to migraines. Lord God, anybody who has headaches, either now or recurring headaches, we speak to those now in the precious and powerful Name of Jesus and we command them to go. They have no right 
Pain is illegal. Pain is a thief. And so pain, we command you to release your grip on the heads of those whose lives are interfered with by headaches. And in that place, we speak your life, your love, your healing, your freedom. We thank you, Lord God, that headaches have been given their marching orders today. And Lord God, for those who face disappointments, Lord God, it was never your will or your way for, um, for, that, uh, for that, just that depth of disappointment that actually severs our ability to believe. And so I pray for every person who has disappointment, that somehow by your glorious grace, by a moment right now, they would feel you, Holy Spirit, your love. I pray that hope would arise, that out of that disappointment, that this part of it would be cast off and the new appointment that you have for them and their lives and their future would just take wings, Lord God. I speak over every person here who, ha- who needs that um, restoration of faith. I speak it right now, that hope, Lord God. You say in your Word that hope, your hope is shed abroad by love and will not disappoint. So Holy Spirit, we thank You. We glorify Your Name. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Stand to our feet. Lord, your word records Stephen as a man full of faith and power, man full of faith in the Holy Spirit. Lord God, may we be Stephen's and Stephanie's in this place this morning. Lord God, we open our hearts wide to you to receive boldness of faith that like Stephen, we may be willing to stand, stand for the truth and the power of of your word, the power of your gospel, not just in words, but in deed. Lord Jesus, even being prepared as Stephen to, to give our life to this cause because we don't, want to, we don't want to sit on the fence. We don't want to walk with feet straddling a, a path of the wilderness, another foot straddling your pathway because that is possible, it is frustrating. Lord God, we commit our lives, we commit ourselves, all that we have, all that we are to you. And we say, increase our faith, Lord. Increase our faith. Increase that currency in our bank account, Lord God, that we can spend through being fully persuaded by Your Word, by Your truth, and have the boldness to step up, step out, and act upon it. And Lord, that You go before us. It is You, by the power of Your Holy Spirit, that does the works, that speaks the words. We are Your vessels. We are vessels. We are earthen vessels, as Paul says, but we are filled with such a treasure. Oh my God, help us to recognize the treasure of you, of you, of the indwelling Christ. He is an indwelling Savior. He is not external. We do not reach out to Him. He is in our hearts. The Word of God tells us that we have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer we who live, but Christ lives in us. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, working the works of His Father, so His ministry continues in this earth today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. In the name of Jesus, everybody said, Amen. 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 Come on, let's give God some praise in this moment.
We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what your next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info at annasbrook.co.nz or visit our website, annasbrook.co.nz.